Hello. Here we are with number 15. And uh, honestly, I was in Fort Worth over the weekend. Uh, in Stockyards, to be exact. Honestly, I feel like maybe you kind of prepped me for this episode. Uh, so, new episode dropping today. We had a couple cowboys in the house. Uh, we had Shelby Horton, a.k.a. Fit underscore Hick underscore, uh, you know, on Instagram if you follow her. Man, this is a uh, this is a really good episode, guys. So much, uh, so much knowledge. Um, I don't mean this in a bad way, but me and Chandler, we barely had a chance to uh, ask questions, uh, and that's that's amazing. The fact that people get that comfortable enough, get that comfortable enough with us to uh, you know share as much as they share with us. Like I, I love that. So uh, aside from smashing tacos, we discuss parenting. Uh, we get into a little bit of powerlifting. We talk about SUI, that stress urinary continence or athletic incontinence. Uh, and uh, we get in a little bit into cowboying. Uh, you know, big thank you to Shelby and her man's Bryant for coming to hang out with us. They drove, uh, they drove, oh man, upwards of about two and a half, three hours to come hang out with us. And, you know, we're super grateful for that. Uh, please don't forget to follow us at, at above average lads underscore podcast. You can follow Los Dose at that paralyzed guy on Instagram. Follow Big Jared at Jared Bradger. You can find the uh, the Honey Badger Chandler at Chandler underscore Blake. And uh, lastly, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and give your boys five stars. Thank you, guys. You know, when I make these paralyzed jokes, sometimes people like do the response like that, and I'm like... My ankles are really mobile, though. Have you seen the one? Oh, my God. There was a TikTok. A guy leg pressing, and he didn't have any legs. No. Huh? So I saw like, somebody in front of him. He was like, yeah, if you can do more, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets on there, and then it just, like, clicks on him really fast. Because you don't, like, you just see him, like, setting the camera up. But you don't see that he doesn't have legs. And he's sitting there, and you see his little nubs kind of moving. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it just, and I love humor like that. Like, people yeah. take humor in, like, their own situations, like, their own circumstances. And you have to. Yeah. Like, you yeah. really have to. <clears throat> All right. So, we are on episode number 15 of the Above Average Lads podcast. And we have got Frankenstein here with us with her... Oh, uh, with her with her sunglasses on, and I did tell her that I would wear sunglasses with her. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and I'll hey, do it. It makes you a hundred pounds stronger on every lift. I promise. Really? I'm just living up to our logo right now. Yeah, but you I'm look good. even cooler now, having the shades and the hair and the. It's really like wild though, like on the back of like like so. Yesterday I was at um yesterday I went down to Metroflex. I went down to go to the expo that they had on. Yeah. And I was wearing uh I was wearing my shirt. And like, yeah, somebody came up to me. They were like, dude, do you look exactly like that shirt? And I was like, thanks. It's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe, hey, man, please. You look like that guy. Hey. <laughs> I am that guy. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. So who do we have on here with us today? So my name is Shelby, a.k.a. Fit Hick. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma, uh, born and raised. I love it here, kind of, sometimes, except yeah, when it's hot. It's that's what everybody like. That's what I try to tell people too. It's like, dude, all Oklahoma gets fucking hot because we have a bunch of soldiers, you know, here, and like we get some new mm-hmm. ones that come through every six they months. Have no idea. Yeah. Some of them are like, oh yeah, yeah I've been in hot before. I'm mm. like, yeah, wait until this fucking humidity yeah. hits you too. Yeah, I don't. So, I no, I don't, I don't like it. I'd rather be cold than hot. Um, I don't like it cold when the wind blows. So it's like, here you are, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the wind just never stops blowing. Yeah. For some other reason, that's what some people like. Uh, like some of the soldiers, whenever I was working on Fort Sill, the ones from like Illinois and whatnot, like Windy City, and they're like, the wind's not like here. Yeah. Like, that's the wind fucking blows here, yeah, man. It's different. Yeah. I have a friend that one of the kids that I I coach, he's from Florida, 
and he's mm. in the Coast Guard, so he was kind of up by not Tishomingo, Tahlequah. Yeah. Tishomingo's down. Mm. Uh, and it was like 40 degrees one day. And he's like, God, it's so cold. Why is it so cold here? And I'm like, 40? It's comfortable, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Dude, it was yeah, just you're, negative you're two, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, you're about to be, be crying soon, especially when you're on that water and you think 40's cold. Whoa, buddy, you're in for a treat. Right. Oh, man. Well, I'm happy to have you here. Thanks I'm for happy having we me. made it happen. So, Chandler, Hell yeah. are you going to finish eating? Or you... Hey, bro. I'm trying to. It's too hot for You can't handle I it. I started taking Jared's. I went back to the red. Red was better than the green. Yeah, it probably has a better flavor. It's oh, just going to yeah, hurt you coming sure. out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. For it sure. always hurts. I'm used to it. And you got a new haircut. And I got a new haircut. Yeah. Why did you cut off your flowy locks? You had this nice little comb over going. Too hot for you or what? You wanted to fit in with everybody else and want just got a new got a new job. I mean, yeah. Are you trying to look like an adult? Kinda. Oh, okay. I think I you should stay with the job. flowy locks, bro. I mean, I've had the same haircut for like six, seven years. That's it's okay. just gotten progressively. You can't change shorter. greatness. I know it feels great though. I mean, I if you had it that long, great. what was wrong with it then? But what if I got something you else? You look like better. you're about to go do community service, guy. That's rude, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It doesn't even look like you have a style. No, I don't. Well, they, they cut it a little bit too short because I said, hey, style. do a little. I said, because I, I never know the difference between a fade and taper. I feel like it's a riddle every time. <laughs> well, I you don't have a fade, fade right now at all. Exactly. You literally look like you have a one or a it one and a one. half all over. Yeah. Because yeah. if you had a taper, taper would taper off yeah. down the back. Yeah. 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 I mean, they fade, did a, little a fade bit would the... stay around the entire head, but a taper would go off kind of. Yeah, yeah, they maybe did a half at the bottom, yeah. not even a half. But... I don't know. That's not a fan, nice. I'm not going to lie. I... Well, thank you, Nancy, for being nice. She doesn't listen, I don't think. Well, well, Nancy, if she ever listens. You should go plug it. You should go I in should. there with that shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Put the whole off for I have astigmatism, so I really can't see it. Try my <laughs> just, put the gla- just put the shades over your glasses. I mean, they're essentially the same kind, I think. Something or another like that. All right, there we go. And I can see again. You can I, I cool. was looking at you. I, well, I was looking at Chandler and I was like, I can't focus on anything. <laughs> Chandler, why are there so many of you? <laughs> no joke. I hate those memes on Facebook, the ones of like the lights, whenever they're like, what you see and what I see, and it's just like drug out like yeah. lines. And I'm like, I go through that every day. Every day. That's, That's how it was. Man. I'm what, a living meme. And same with like the headlights. Like, why the fuck are headlights so bright now? I don't know. And why do I like, so that stresses me out at night. I see the headlights. I'm like, are they flashing them at me or do they hit a bump? Right, you know, I always get stressed out because I hit him with the high beam, and then they hit me with a higher beam. And you're like, "Oh, that's just your lights. You I just, suck." I turn Especially when there's like a big truck away. behind you mm-hmm. with those new lights, and you're just like, some of them that have that two four drop on them, so the backs up just yep. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you get those halogens in your back, and that's that's exactly how I felt driving back from Texas. Yeah, last I literally in that song, you know, like I wear my sunglasses. That's me. That's right. Because it's so bright. You have to. Like my future, man. Do you feel better? There we go. Do you feel better? Like, do you feel better with the glasses on? Yeah, because then nobody can hear me talk. There you go. Get popping on. Why do we have an infrared going in front of you? What's an infrared? Measure chance. Is it? I'm too hot. Yeah. Is it going? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to break. We it. just never really know what's gonna happen when we're in here. Like, yeah. what's what we're gonna find on the table? Yeah. One day, I think I record an entire podcast with this guy, and this isn't even mine. But like, I look like somebody who needs to have it. So. Yeah, I mean, they're handy. My kid has one that he made. It's hydraulics, right? He made like a hydraulic one, it's like a push press. This <laughs> and like the water push. Yeah, it's really freaking cool. He uses it to get chips out of the counter. Jesus, how is he doing, by the way? Um, he's so much better now. Um, 
you know, we're finally on oral medication. We're mm-hmm. at home, like we're back at school. He's moving around a lot. Uh, I think he's bringing back a lot of pain now just from moving a lot more, like getting the fluid going. Mm-hmm. Uh, he believes he's um, getting taller, like very much taller because the doctors told him that um, when you get an infection in your legs or something like the blood, like everything's working harder to like go in there. So one leg is like longer than the other one. And back in, you know, the early 1900s or even the 1800s, they would get like a tusk or a bone and jam it in the other leg and infect it to make it grow. That's how you <laughs> so he's going around telling everybody that he's like taller now. <laughs> There's a lot of humor in it, so he's doing a lot better. Um, I think we still have a few more weeks on the road to recovery, but yeah. um, God definitely blessed us there. Dude, yeah. whenever I was reading you guys' stuff about like how you guys had quit your jobs and whatnot, or like put well put work on hold, you can't really stop yeah. ranching and whatnot, but yeah. putting it on hold. But we didn't like, do anything for a month. That's so whenever I broke my neck back in 2013, it's the same thing when my parents came up there to go with me. Like they both stopped everything they were doing. I mean, you can't. And it's like, even with us, like my boyfriend, Brian is here, by the way, he's a cowboy. So yes, uh, (laughs) a thug cowboy. I like how you had to throw out the whole cowboy thing. Um, Well, so that makes sense with the ranching because obviously people look at me and they don't see it. And so, um, but he, I mean, I think I probably left more than him. He didn't even go get coffee most of the time, but you know, um, the second week when we were there, Chase started feeling a little bit better. And so uh, Brian's better at staying up at night than me. Just he's, you know, we'll feel working, whatever. Like he can literally he'd be right here. He'll sleep sitting like that. You wouldn't even know. He's, very, he's a lot better at it. And we had like a little bench to sit on. Like the two of us were sleeping on that together. Yeah. And so like they kind of let me, there was a gym like two miles away. So I got to leave a couple of times um, that second week that we were there. And, um, and that was the most we did. I mean, yeah. I had people bring us clothes, food, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we didn't, I mean, we didn't take care of anything. We didn't do anything. It was just, especially us, we were in the city. So it's an hour from where we live. Yeah. It, you know, for him to go home one time to get clothes, it, it takes, it took five hours Yeah. because you go there like, and you're like, what if you need this? What if you need this? Yeah. And you're just like, can my house fit in, no, in my 100%, bag? 100%. Like, yeah, I, like, I, I really can't even put into words like how much I like can, I, I understand. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you can definitely relate. Whole, it's scary. Yeah, and yeah. you can relate differently because you know what it feels like to be my kid. But even then, son, my, my kid's yeah. legs are working. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Dude, hey, a hospital imagine. stay is a hospital stay. That's still yeah. not fun. That's no. I, I, and I was so, like, sick, you know, for my kid to be there. And it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I don't know what hospital you in, but, you know, we were at a children's hospital. I'm I was not, across the street. I was yeah. at OU. Yeah. But so for us to be there around all those other kids, it was even more heartbreaking for me to see infants that yeah. are probably not going to ever leave there. Yeah. Um, unless, and if they do, it's not going to be in the best terms. Or even something as simple yeah. as like those kids that, you know, your son said it perfectly. What about those kids that don't have anybody there yeah. with them? Yeah. I mean, we walk by infant rooms without people in there and it's yeah. just like, and if those babies leave, they're probably not leaving alive and like... I have tears or like choked up, like walking down the hallway to seeing like, and I feel like a butthole for being so like stressed out about my kid and like getting my kid taken care of when there are kids who are worse off than my kid there. And you see that every day and it's just so heartbreaking, just like, and I think that was probably one of the hardest parts about being there too. Not even just for my kid, seeing all of those kids, that was just so devastating. Yeah. It's hard. 
But little dude's doing a whole lot better. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, we that's, are, that's the that's we are the so thing. blessed. We are so lucky for him. To Absolutely, and like like I said, that's exactly what I wanted to put the GoFundMe link up. Mm-hmm. Is whenever I was reading all the yeah, stuff, I was like, damn, that's when my mom went because my mom and they stayed at the Ronald McDonald House up there and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, my dad, my dad stayed in the actual hospital. He just stayed in the waiting room yeah. the whole time. So. Yeah, and it's hard. Like, and the waiting room is probably more comfortable than those rooms. They're miserable. Yeah, and um, and it was hard. Like, it really sucks. Like. Even him, like the GoFundMe was, it was super helpful, not only because we missed work, like his first day back to work trying to get out of the hospital, he got in a horrible wreck and his truck was totaled. Oh, and shit. then like oh, my, yeah. my front end of my car was out. So it was like all these things <laughs> that like life just kind of kept Why is it always one thing after another? Yeah. And like right? we're grateful that, you know, like that money was there to help us. Like even his meds, like our insurance got canceled. I saw that. Last week. Yeah, yeah. So that. we, you know what I mean? And, and it's that... Medicare, Medicaid, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fucking yeah. shit well, show. Like, well, we're changing um, income, blah, 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 guidelines. Yeah. Cool. Like, you don't notify people. Yeah. What's right. the deal? And even then, when you try to get a hold of them, like, yeah. and even, or one, it's hard to get a hold of them verbally. And then the mail that they send you, like, you read it and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You so, don't understand it. No, yeah. not at all. Well, and then when you call people and you get somebody on the phone, they're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, then why do you work there if you don't know? Right. Right, like, I feel bad saying this, I but I don't it, feel like, bad saying this because they're bitchy as all shit. Yeah, but dude, man, but like I've been, I so I grew up super low income and whatnot, and so and when my accident happened, like lately hit me had uh, suspended license, expired tag, no insurance, all yeah, that. So, so you like, getting helped no, I wasn't getting shit. So yeah, when it came to there's a few times whenever my insurance did run out, and I didn't know it, and like I would go to Oklahoma City to go. Uh, me personally, like every six to eight months, I get Botox injections in my bladder. So when my accident happened, I don't have the same, uh, almost not necessarily like the same control. So like my bladder would get to like halfway full and then it would send signals to my body like, dude, we got to use the restroom now. Yeah. And then when in fact, I didn't have to. So getting the Botox injections, that relaxes everything and allows me to like hold a little more liquid in my bladder before feeling like yeah. I need to use the restroom. But yeah, like I would go up there to go get like a thing done and they were like, yeah, your insurance isn't in. It's like, yeah. Fuck did I drive now? Why, why did nobody call me? Yeah. And that, that was my thing. It's like, and I get it. Like, I'm sure it's not always their fault. Everybody's not in control. Right. I lost my cool. Out with, I lost my cool at the pharmacy mm-hmm. and it wasn't their fault. I was upset because it's like, you guys can notify me when my meds are ready. Like I get a text. Why isn't there some type of thing in system that if you're having an issue billing or getting medication, there's not an automated system, mm-hmm. which that's not necessarily on the pharmacist, but I had so much going on. I tried not to cry when we were in the hospital. So I think all my emotions are finally just coming out. Yeah. I lost my cool on them, went to the car, cried out and came back in and apologized. <laughs> and they really worked hard to try to help me. And it's just like, but there, that should be an easy fix. Maybe not because not their fault, but like a statewide thing, like when there's issues like that to notify people because my son needs his medicines to live. And so we had already gone 12 hours to get it and you're supposed to get it every 12 hours. So it was already over 12 hours. And I'm like, so if I can't get it right now, how much longer does he have to go? Cause we just took his pit line out mm-hmm. and he had to miss one that night because you know, it, and it was just so crazy. And it's so expensive and it just, I feel like there's, you know, a way to help people. And it's like, and I felt bad because I'm like, it's not their fault. And so were, were you pushing his meds in his pick line and whatnot? Yeah. That's a wild thing, right? Yeah. It was crazy. I, and it's, yeah. and I kind of felt like I've learned so many like medical right. terms. Dude, I'm, I'm like, I could, you. I could be a nurse in a sense, or at least yep. like, you know, like a very like relaxed nurse, you know, who does like the basic essentials to come in and help people. I mean, I could draw blood, push it in. I could give an IV if I needed to. Like, 100%. I bet. Uh, one of my really good friends, like uh, when I go to hang out, 
out with her, like, I'll kind of talk about, you know, like, I did this, I did this today, I did this today. And she's like, how the fuck do you know all this stuff? And it's like, well, like, I asked so many questions when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Granted, like, I was in the hospital a little bit longer than your son was. But, like, oh, yeah. it was one of those things where he's like, ask those questions. Like, oh. especially if you know you're going to leave. Like, <laughs> you're not going to have that same care when you leave. So why not learn yeah. everything you can about My what's son going did on? that. And he, I'm telling you, like, step for step, like, when Brian and I would be taking care of him, he's like, you got to do this. And yeah. uh, flush it. And you got to stop at, yep. at, at one milliliter or, or in, like, He's like, you gotta make sure you use the alcohol in like 10 yeah. seconds. So you gotta pull back and push the air out. Like he knows how he has to be taken care yeah. of. And he asks all the questions all the time. Yeah. And he's gonna talk you through what has to be done to him the whole Good. time. So he knows everything now. It's it's and, funny. Well, I mean, and there's not a lot of people that are like that. So, and especially like from one person who coaches a lot of kids, I'd much rather have an over-involved parent than an uninvolved yeah. parent. Yeah. That, that's like a night and day, especially yeah. especially when they get older and whatnot too. So that'll raise me to one of my first questions. What are your thoughts on like unhealthy parents? Like especially if it's – I get there is, you know, certain physiological things that we don't have control of. But like let's say you do have control of like maybe say like diabetes over like being overweight and things like that. What are your thoughts on unhealthy parents? It doesn't have to be necessarily that. These, these, the examples that I gave off of but just unhealthy parents as a whole. Um, like their physical aspect of them being unhealthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard because I feel like a lot of it's kind of like, sometimes you can't control it, but I feel like there are things that we could do. Like, you know, you have parents who yell at their kids and want them to do well in sports, but then they don't sit on the sidelines with them and show them how to dribble the basketball or even stand up while they're doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, they're letting their kids ride their bikes and then they're driving behind them in their car no and so for me it's very disheartening because i feel like you're teaching your kids those things and mm -hmm. i know that there are some things you can't control but even then you can help aid it so i feel like being unhealthy is definitely a choice even with like diabetes and things like you can't necessarily control it but right. you can help manage it right and it's and it's very disheartening because I think it's even worse now. Like, I even find myself struggling. Like, I can go hard in the gym. My kid wants to ride a bike. I'm like, that's Brian. What's that Brian saying? He loves mountain biking. He likes doing that. That is, it's really, really hard for me to even get engaged in some of the things that he wants to do because it doesn't interest me. Um, but, like, even I noticed, like, I can go hard in the gym all day. And then I coached his basketball team this year. And I, within two minutes of running up and on the court with him, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> and it's, like, and it's hard. I just, like, and I see some of the other parents, like, they want their kid to do well and, and they're encouraging their kid or even like if they're nice about it, but they're not involved. Like they're just verbally like, yeah, let's do this or you can do this. But they're not like even like they'll just sit in a chair next to them. Like they're not yeah. actively doing it. And I know that I struggle with that sometimes, too, because I just feel like so tired. But like, you know, we try to get him outside to rope the dummy. If he can do any active thing, like, you know, just walking the extra 10 steps or whatever it is like. And we and, and we as parents and don't do that. Like we, we expect our kids to do all these things that we don't do and why? Like what is really holding you back? Like, yeah, you're tired at the end of the day. Yeah. But our kids are tired too. And I feel yeah. like we push them to be a little bit more grown than what they are. And we have such high expectations because we compare them to these other kids who are like seven and on the road to the Olympics already. Mm, yeah. And and you and you hold your kid to those expectations or you push them to do things that they aren't physically my kid is very I'm not gonna say athletic but he is very mobile. He's very good at sports, but he's just not given that natural athleticism. And he's gonna have to work a little bit harder, but he can run fast, like he can do sports. He's just not naturally gifted in those sports, but he can do them all if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I just feel like for me, um, I, I feel like being unhealthy as a parent, if that's what you're 
asking it's just it's a choice yeah. all mm. of them you can help like yeah. there are cures not necessarily always cures for cancers but you can manage it for a little bit right and i feel like as a, a parent that's your job to learn to manage it and not let it be an excuse i know every now and again you see things posted around of like you know people talking about like i love my kids i love my kids and then some of them like i think i saw a rebuttal it was like do you love them enough to like change up your lifestyle and whatnot? Yeah. do you love them enough to be there when they graduate high school when their grandkids mm-hmm. are born and whatnot yeah because like, that's it's a long a game as well yeah absolutely and and it's and you don't have to look like me or look like chandler like you, you see him not that he is out of shape but he is a beer drinker you know so he doesn't have the ideal fit body but i promise you he's gonna last longer doing anything right yeah. like even compared to me somebody that goes to the gym because I'm active in those movements. So it's like, you see me, I'm a powerlifter. I'm not an athlete. I can win in those three movements, but he's going to outwork me all day long. For no, dude's, a, dude's a cowboy. He's got a different yeah. work ethic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, and that's the thing. They're like, what was your job to ask? Uh, how much he lifts? He's like 1,500 pounds. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you ever flipped a cow or something? Like, he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. So it's like, um, like even him, like he'll, he'll make fun of me all the time. He's like, aren't you supposed to be strong? Whatever. I'm like trying to turn a wrench. It's a different strength, man. It's a different type of strength. And yeah. that's what I tell people all the time. Like you're stronger because you learn the mechanical yep. aspect. Yes. Of it. An adaptation. To yes. A stimulus. And yep. so, um, that's something that, you know, like I harp on because it's like, as a parent, like we don't do enough for them. Like I, you expect your kid to eat healthier to go and do these things and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're all tired. And that's one of the biggest things that I was probably going to harp on later today, but I'll go ahead and do it now. It's okay. like, I don't care who you are. There's always enough fucking time in the day mm-hmm. like, to do everything. Yep. Um, you know, I, I always, I see memes, like I follow like these success memes and stuff like that. And I could always get more to everything I do. And I'm really the first one to say that I fall guilty of being too tired to do things or whatever, but I, but I own up to it and I don't use that as an excuse. Like I'm, I will complain all day long, but I still try to find a way. And that's the main thing is like, it, right. and that's the main thing is like trying. Yeah. It's like it's one thing yeah. if you just let it just fall yeah. and go to the wayside. But it's, but it's like, like you know, um, what 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 is it, the guy's name that uh, Gates that did the computers, whatever. Bill Gates. Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. You know, he has the same amount of hours in a day as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing, and we all have that. And it's like, um, I run what four businesses? I don't know, three, four businesses. You know, we try to do, you know, cowboying on the weekends, gym, like I train people. I run my, you know, my photography pages for now for powerlifting, for cowboying, whatever. And then I have a kid and I travel to see him, you know, like he's a 45 minute drive. And so we still find ways to make things happen, whether we're without sleep or whatever it is, like you can find a way to make it happen. Like you have to manage your time. Just like yeah. Whether it's whatever it is, like, you know, whether you have to like have those conversations in the car to get those extra hours in on whatever it is that you're doing, like you'll make the time to be online, like you'll make the time to watch TV, you'll make you make time for all those other things, you can do it for this. And so that's my biggest thing that I always harp on is like, there's always enough time in the day to make it happen. Like, you're never too tired. Like, it's a choice to be tired. Because we can we have mentally like, we will be dog tired, but you go to work when you want to ball your eyes out and don't want to do it because for you, you need to pay your bills. Yeah, absolutely. So why do we not put that same type of mentality into our kid's future or even our future outside of work? Like you will go three days without sleeping and still go to work and show up. So why can't you do that? Not necessarily for the gym, but whether it's five minutes outside with your kid or, yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever it is, because those are just as important than paying your bills. And that was something that he and I already knew and we've parked on, but definitely like with our stay in the hospital, definitely was like a little bit more like hey we're going to do this extra five minutes right now because you don't know what tomorrow's promised do i want to live every day like i'm dying tomorrow i know everybody says that no because i don't want that mentality that i have to do it all right now and overdo it yeah um and almost like living in fear like you shouldn't like 
yeah, you should live like there's no tomorrow, but also like give yourself a break and give yourself time to do those things and, and be more thoughtful. And to go along the whole, like the whole, like live life, like there is no tomorrow. Like that is true. There's a reason why there are cliches too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it, that those things have been around forever. It's because, yeah, yeah we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So. Right. And I don't, and to me, that's a, Hey, do well today. It doesn't mean overdo it today. It doesn't mean that you have to go chase your wildest dreams today, but it just means like, Hey, like, do you have to go spend an extra three hours with your kid? No, but give him those five minutes that he needs. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be three hours. So you don't have to overdo it. Like you don't have to make yourself miserable, but you can find that balance. Like we show up to things that make us miserable, like our jobs or whatever it is. But the things that make us happy in our home life, we don't put that effort into that we should because your home life and those things are just as valuable as the money that pays your bills because money ain't going nowhere. Right. At the end of the yeah. Day, like you're going to find a way to get it. And little kids are still people too. Like just because yeah. they're kids and they don't know. And more kids have an idea of what's going on than we even give them like. Way more than we do. Yeah. They're, they understand way more than we do sometimes. And it's so, and it's in an unapologetic way because they are not biased in the way that they see it. Um, and so, like, it's hard for him. Like, my kid tells me stuff and it hurts my feelings when he explains it. Um, but he just doesn't know how to word it in a way that an adult needs to hear it. Because he'll, like, get mad at me for not letting him do things. I'm like, like, I'm an asshole. And it's like, well, he sees other kids doing it. And he realizes one day in the future he's learning something from not having the freedoms that they do that he'll be grateful for. He may not be right now. He doesn't know how to express that to me. But he understands that one day it's probably going to pay off. He just doesn't know how to say it in that way. And I'm yeah, like, right. I'm not that awful, you know. But... <laughs> When he gets older, someday yeah. he'll, he'll look back. Because, yeah. all right, so me, I grew up with, like, super strict parents, even to the points where, like, when we were in church and whatnot, like, kids would be playing outside. Like, can I go play outside? And they're like, no. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on, fucking let me <laughs> yeah. go play. Yeah. And I'd sit there. It'd be super boring. But, like, now that I'm older and, like, you know, there there have been certain situations whenever, like, whenever, like, the mass majority of the group would, like, be really fast to jump at that and blood along. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm going to kick back and I'm going to hang back on this Yeah. One. And it's things that make you miserable that you learn the most from. Like, my kid's a nerd like video games, whatever. I don't know what animatronics are and all these other things, but he does. Like, if we have a question, like, he can answer it. And um, Brian was obviously raised very differently than me, and me being a single parent for so long, I'm not used to having that extra help that he gives me. And so my son had gotten away with, like, having, like, extra video game time or whatever because I would work later, my mom would work later, she'd help me, and he had nobody to help him do things. And so, like, we'll be around a group of people, and all these other kids will be on their phone not doing something, and we won't let Chase, like, just while we're in a group of people talking. And he'll get upset, and then later on, Chase will brag about how people recognize him sitting up like a gentleman and the way he communicates with people. And it makes him feel good that they compliment him so much on that. And then he's like, oh, so it paid off me not going and just playing on my phone in a corner. And, it, and so it's just, like, it's really cool to see. It takes them time to see those things, but they do. And it eventually pays off. Somebody had just asked a question about that um, earlier in the week. Maybe not in reference to just the podcast, but like they have like their son. I think he's like 15, 16 years old. Come get tacos, Hannah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It is with Jared. He started these. So now you're like, I have to. But yeah, so, so they were saying like, (laughs) <laughs> oh, they just want to hear taco, how good the tacos man. are I promise. really good if you go to Rhonda's off Lee and Lawton's place to smack green yes. green sauce absolutely um, but yeah so she like I said she has a son that's like 15 16 and she was asking like what would be some good like unsolicited advice to somebody that young and i was like don't be afraid to be hard on him like yeah it's okay to like it, it like you said it's okay raise him like a gentleman like yeah. people even even me back to the whole parent thing earlier it's like 
it's so much better having that kid that's not trying to be way too cool in front of everybody. The yeah. kid that's actually sitting back yeah. and being respectful and like, hey, how do you? How can I help? How can I do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. So, yeah, those guys that'll go. And that's <laughs> like I said, that is the podcast at its finest. Yeah. Well, and so, so I feel like this kind of ties into this was like a subject I wanted to talk about, and I feel like it goes into like with your kids and and raising them. Um, in a sport like it's a lot more than just to compete and i feel like that's something that we can teach our kids and, and as adults they're failing this is kind of what i was talking to you guys about before we started the podcast people they go they show up they compete and they don't support their sport outside of that they pay their fees they show up they leave they're not yelling for everybody they're not showing up when they're not competing they're not sharing the news about a meet coming up like you don't have to compete and you don't we have all to do the same and like, the thing is we all do the online. same thing like, yeah we all do borderline the same sure it's not the same exact yeah. prep but like yeah we're still putting in right. the same 12 weeks we're putting yeah. in the same 16 weeks why yeah. wouldn't we hang around and make sure yeah. that we're all yeah and know. that's my big thing and like some of my guys up in arkansas like even me like you'll always see me at a meet whether I'm spotting, loading, lifting, like I'm cheering people on, I'm showing up, yeah. I'm sharing it. I'm sharing when everybody's lifting, like commenting, like letting people know like, hey, even if I'm not there, you can go. Or you could support them online so that people recognize it. And I feel like that's something that parents fail to do with their kids too. Like they want their kids to be in sports and they want them to be competitive, but they don't teach them to love the sport and love the people in the sport that make it happen right. because it's a team effort. So you have to support those. There's only a set too. group of people doing that yes. sport. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like and if have you, you can talk down on other teams or other people all you want, but those are the people you have to play against. And right. if you're treating them like crap and they don't want to play against you, you don't have a sport. Something as simple as like, so growing up, like I grew up in Elgin, our rivals were quote unquote cash. Yeah. And I remember growing up, like telling my dad, like, I fucking hated those guys from cash. And yeah. about this, my dad was like, yeah, you should probably shouldn't do that. But yeah. And like, lo and behold, like so many of my friends now at like post-graduation yep. and all that, a lot of those guys from yeah. cash. Yep. Yeah, some exactly really, some yeah. really well, good and, and it takes your rivals and the people that you go against to help you build the community. And I feel like that's something that as adults, people really need to work on whatever sport it is that they're in, where they have their kids in, show up, support it outside, whether you're cheering, who cares if somebody else wins? Like that they're doing something good for your sport. And if they beat you, work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Don't bring them down. Like show up for other people, teach your kids to show up for other people, teach your friends to show up for other people, other sports, whatever it is, or else your sport's not going to be there for you to even compete in right. if you're not giving back to it. Yeah. So it's just like, it just turns into like way too much of a pride thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So just, yeah, literally just a pissing contest. Literally. Um, and I'm the best pisser. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. So that will go to my next question. That is, comes from Mr. Colton Rhodes. Is of that course he does. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, he knows the answer to that, but I think that some people out there don't really understand that, that like, yeah, that is actually urinary incontinence my pee yeah so yeah so um and i want to harp on this because um, it has such a negative stigma right it, it can be fixed but you have to get it fixed the right way because if you don't see somebody who actually practices in urinary incontinence they're going to do it wrong you actually have to have your bladder checked uh, or your pelvic floor checked while you're standing up like a regular doctor can't do it like when you get a pap smear while you're laying down it's not the same it doesn't mm -hmm. lay the same it could also be that your muscles are too strong and overworked, and so they're overworking, and it can cause you to pee. It's not that they're weak. So you may not even be fixing it correctly. It could be how you're wearing your belt and you're not bracing properly. It could not have nothing to do with your pelvic floor. It could be how you're wearing your equipment. Um, and, and I'm just overworking. I'm overusing those muscles. And so um, I'm hoping that like people hear that and they're not ashamed and that there's a proper way to fix it if you can. And if you don't fix it, I'll never fix it. I'm not going to go and spend the money like, if I pee, I pee, I'm working hard, and I'm fucking proud of it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm putting in the work. And um, I think that there's a lot of negative stigmas on it, but there are so many ways to go and to fix it. Um, 
and you don't necessarily have to, and you, maybe maybe you can. Like I don't know. I hope that answers the question. But yeah, no. And also, who's your favorite cousin? Um. <laughs> 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 you want to say you want to you want to say that one more time a little bit because that's exactly who asked Matt Ashworth, of course, <laughs> he is my favorite cousin. All right, hold on. Please do ask some questions. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, okay, so this one would be from Carlin. Carlin, I think hers is like Tyrannosaurus Rex. She was like, she's one oh, of I your. I love her. She's the most precious angel. <laughs> she was saying, all she was time. like, she was like, she goes, I promise we're friends. We just never met. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, so that's one thing that I would love to talk about too. Um, which I, I always make, like, especially this time in the hospital with my son, the the friends that I have made on social media, most of them I've probably never met in my life, yeah. but they will be my closest circle, my biggest advocates. And but if those guys aren't the best damn supporters. And, and she is one of them. Like, yep. um, and she always checks on me, like responds to things that I post online. Um, and it's been that way for years. Yeah. And it's, and I have friends in other states, like, you know, like, you know, people are like, oh, how does John Hack follow you? I'm like, well, before he was popular, uh, he came to Brewhouse and we became friends. So I have friends like Brandon Lilly and him. And it's like, yeah. it's really just like having like real conversations with people and being yeah. really honest in who you are. And so you, those, most of the people that I'm friends with, nine times out of 10 are online. Yeah. And those are the people that I talk to on a daily basis. He's like, you're always on your phone. I'm like, because I don't have friends in real life. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, my friends are online. <laughs> but if you pay attention, like, it was the online lifting community who really, really supported me like through this time and like shared and checked in. And, um, and she has always been one of those people. And I just think that's so great. And you'll see that, especially in the fitness world, um, in sports in general, like other, you know, even like in the NFL and stuff, like you see those guys, like they're not on the same team or whatever, but they communicate and they have a camaraderie and that's your new family. Like they can relate yep. inside and outside because they know how hard it can be outside of the gym to have a life and inside of the gym or like the struggles. And like my cowboy friends obviously don't understand. They come to meets, like you'll see a group of cowboys, I promise you. Like at death, I don't know if you saw like a row of them. Like just, and they may not understand. I did, they, they all have Mandelos too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt a little bit more home than usual. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so it's like, but like and, and like they don't understand my cowboy stuff, but they're like, don't make a new page, like keep posting your cowboy shit on your fitness page so we can yeah, see absolutely. it. Like, and and they and they genuinely care about what I'm going through and like and I truly enjoy that. And that's something that like, I just got a new lifter at the gym. She's a, a young college girl. And I'm like, she's very kind of quiet, kept to herself, but she's going to be dedicated. She's going to do well. And I'm like, the type of friends you're going to meet here and the family you're going to meet here, mm -hmm. it's going to. And you were coaching her? Yeah. Oh, dude, she has no idea. Yeah. yeah. I had to hit her a little bit. I was so excited. She wasn't even upset. I got to call her a little pussy. She's like, I kind of liked it. I was like, wait till I knock you out, man. You're going to be like, what the hell? But, um, and so I'm just excited to kind of see that grow. And I was like, just wait till you meet more fitness people. You're not even going to understand the amount of friends you have. And people are like, well, how can you be friends if you've never met? And I'm like, I have friends that I don't ever talk to who yeah. don't even know what's going on in my life. And these are the people that probably do more than anybody. Yeah. And I know that sounds weird and not everybody can relate to that, but I mean, that's how my life is. Like, I mean, so somebody that always talks about us, his name is Nick. He's out of Oklahoma city. He runs a podcast. I think it's like your friendly neighborhood, Oklahoma. Dude. Yeah. And it's like, I've never met him. Yeah. But if that man doesn't share all of our podcast yeah. shit, if that man doesn't Supportive, reach yeah. out to me more than like people that I played football with and whatnot, yeah. and it's like, but yeah, like that dude's a really and small it, guy. And I'm not going to say that this about myself because I, I'm not going to say that any of my friends want to see me fail, but it's typically people who aren't close to you that want to see you succeed more yeah. because they yeah. genuinely, they genuinely care about even like what they're doing, what they love. And so me, like there are people that I do not click with. 
but I want my sport to grow and I want things to go like people that I've hated and want to like fight on the side of the road. I'm still going to cheer them on because at the end of the day, like that's what makes things better for us as a community and you're part of my community. Like whether we get along or not, like I want you to do well. I want you to succeed. I'm going to invest in you. That's the one thing I really noticed at the death meet was when they were calling out all the winners, like dude, you were literally yelling the loudest yeah. out of everybody. Yeah. Like, I know. And, and it annoys people. And those are the girls that say that they really care about the sport. And they don't. I've had girls literally and that's what bothers me it's like people that i don't like i'm gonna cheer on but i've had people literally behind my back like literally being her saying i hope she fucking fails you know mm-hmm. and that's all for me like i always want to win yeah like, but it doesn't mean i want you to lose or i'm gonna wish bad upon you and that's and that's one thing like that's what i was telling the, my client like that's one thing that's so great it's like those two girls might not like you and those two girls might not like you but those seven girls over there will and they're gonna mm-hmm. cheer you on yeah. so who cares like I'm going to focus on supporting everybody and I'll be the first to say sometimes I talk crap or whatever. And I do it in private. Like I try to just do it, you know, um, I'm never, but I'll still shake somebody's hand, like, and own up to the things that I do because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I'm hating probably because they did something better than me or I'm just too immature to get over what they said about me sometimes. Yeah. But I always want my sport to do well because those are who we look up to. Those are who we idolize or that's somebody who's going to take my records one day. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like, it's not about what you did on the platform. It's about who you were behind the platform that people are going to remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the best in the world. I never want to do what it takes to be the best in the world. I, I enjoy my hobbies. I enjoy cowboying. I'm never going to give up cowboying to be a world record powerlifter. And if that just happens to line you up in their minds of being the best yeah. in the world, then so be it. Yeah. And so, but I just want to always, I want people to always remember me for how I supported people, whether I like them or not. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, like I want everybody to succeed do I want to beat them? Yeah, but I want my sport to do well, whether I like yeah. you or not. And that's what I hope that people can always learn from me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I want to teach all my lifters. Like When we had done that episode of like the above average athletes, like mm-hmm. that was one thing that I made sure to really like talk about on that one is because like, yeah, how how happy you were for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, that was cool. I love it. Like, yeah. And I know it sounds weird and I don't, and I haven't always been that way. I mean, you guys know my past and where I came from and I used to be a very negative person but um, when you love something so much and there's a sport that changes your life and there's people in it that change your life, like it's emotional I'm, and people that talk crap about me, yeah. I'm doing something right. So if they hate on me, I'm doing something right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it kind of goes back to just continually to be that person. Like I'm cheering on everybody and I'm loud in your ear because I'm supporting everybody. Cool. Like what's wrong with you that you don't want them to mm-hmm. do well? Like, yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. What are you, what are you not yeah. talking about? What are you yeah. not hiding? Like, what, are you, and, what are you pushing down? Yeah. And, I, and I'll be the first to admit those things in my past. Like, I, you know, I was a, a horrible person in my past per se. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm not proud of who I was because it made me who I am today and I'll, I'll do it all over again. I'll be that same shitty person to be the great human that I am today. And, and I, and I, that's why I was like, I'll never be a judge. I love being a spotter loader. I love cheering people on. I like being able to run around and be the goofy lady up there, you know, um, because I know what it feels like to have tension. You know what I mean? Even something as small as like, so, so, you know, being the goofy lady, whenever, uh, this one, I call this one kid, my son, he's one of our Olympic lifters. And when we were at the meet last weekend, I watched him do a second snatch. And like he's never set up like that. That was the first. That was my first parent feeling that I've ever. Yeah. I was like in my mind, I was like, "Why the fuck did you even do that? Like you never just go up to there. You yeah. never just grab the bar and yank it up. Yeah. You usually take your time and like. Yeah. But like, you know, whenever I saw him when he was about to go, I was like, I was like, I, I said something dumb. I was like, "Let's go, son." And he looked back and saw me and smiled really big. And like something as small as that, yeah, like yeah. easing that tension yeah. of like, all right, now I can yeah. go there. Now a nice deep yeah. breath. I feel okay. And it's and it's great. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier and giving back to your sport, like. 
it's not that hard to be that person. Like, so I know that some people not aren't as um, loud mouthed and outgoing as me, but it's like, even me, like <laughs> when those guys are up there and they start benching like four or 500 um, and they're squatting 700 and I'm having to move the arms on the combo rack. I literally look like the biggest freaking idiot in the world <laughs> because I have both arms and legs. You guys can't see me, but I'm like hanging up in the air right now with my legs and arms up in the air. And I'm trying to pull that arm lever down and it eases the crowd a little bit. Cause yes, this is a very serious event and these people want to win and, and, and they're, and they could get hurt and yeah. people die. Yeah. How, how tall are you and what's your weight class that you uh, lift at? So um, people can at least kind of have a, Oh, I'm five, five. Um, I, I'm been lifting in the 165 class, but I weigh in like 149 to 150. I just don't have it in me to cut the beers out to go to 148 anymore. Um, and so like sometimes I'll weigh in at 149, like half, half, half a pound over. It's really stupid, but um, it, I'm in love with red, spicy red beers. <laughs> it's Those, not good. Uh, no, so whenever they're whenever they are switching the things on the strength yeah. system, it's hard. Those games remind me of those T posts whenever you pull yeah. the T posts out. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard because like some of those guys they'll be lifting on like 26. Can you imagine yeah. me cranking that thing up to 26? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like grown men struggle and that's what's hard like to pump that thing up. It can be hard. Um, and I don't think people realize like that thing's there to give you like help, but those guys are working their butts off. And so it's like, for me, even like, that's one thing I'll say, like your spotters and loaders give back to them. Like mm-hmm. your judges, like say thank you to them. If you're a lifter, um, whatever sport that you're in, those people that are like at the gyms that you're at, like, say hi to everybody like that was the one thing that i realized like yelling at those ladies at the pharmacy and crying like once i came back in and apologized and said i'm sorry i had a bad day i took it out on you like they hugged me and they apologized and they tried to get me discounts and it's like yeah. you them being a good human helped me in turn remember that like hey this is who you need to be yeah. and this helps and they in turn help you and those people are busting their butts for you to have the sport or whatever sport it is that you do and so like even as a parent coming in with your kids like thank the people around the gym like thank the other kids for giving them somebody to compete against like I'm not the best in the world. I'm very obviously I'm number one in the state. I mean, but whatever. <laughs> but like, even then, like, I want to have somebody to compete against. Even if I lose, I want to have somebody push me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like going to those bigger meets. But if like we don't have people showing up and we're not giving people that competition or that camaraderie, you're not going to have a sport. You're not going to anybody compete against. And so, being nice to people, whether they're in your weight class, you're a parent, you're a child, like, just especially like our high school athletes now that sports are just getting so much bigger for them yeah um and weightlifting is such a big deal like being nice to everybody because like you might go hard in the gym one day and not know anybody and you're gonna have to ask somebody for help and if you always are that egotistical asshole they're not gonna help you mm-hmm. they're gonna be glad to watch if, you fail what if when you're in that master's class and you got this like 25 year old smashing yeah. your old 10 yeah. year long record it's like <laughs> yeah. oh remember you didn't you didn't yeah. give me that lift off at the gym. Fuck you yeah. for that. Yeah, and so and it, and and that kind of goes back into all aspects. Just being like a good human, like being kind, like, um, and teaching. You know, like leading by example. Like when you walk into a meet, saying hi. Like he says hi to everybody. Every single. It's really annoying. Every room where no, man, hell, I shake everybody's nope. hand. No, Brian, you know I totally I mean? get it. But it's hard. But you know, and that's and that's one thing. Like I learned a lot from him too. He's like, and there might not have been people that I like or I don't get along with. I'm still gonna say hi to them and go on because you don't know what people are going through. Like right. you don't know how hard they work to make this day happen. Like I showed up the day after my son got out of the hospital to help that meet because those people gave back to me and I wanted to give them. And there needs to be there needs to be people like Brian out there too. You know what I mean? There yeah. there absolutely has to. Yeah. So yeah. it's like 
uh, something as small as like I went to go get a I went to go get some food and a beer with one of my buddies the other day, and uh, and if I didn't fucking know everybody that was in there, and it was like and he was like, why do you got to talk to all of them? It's like why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not say hi? It's yeah. like well, and it and it and it does like it just saying hi to somebody like whatever like what if they don't say hi to anybody else the rest of the day? Like what if they have nobody to go home yeah. to? And like mm-hmm. and Bryant really teaches like uh, you know always holding the door open for people like and makes Chase do that and he gets frustrated like. You can't say thank you to somebody holding the door open for you. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, these people went out of your way. Like, just giving back is like that makes somebody feel good. Like, kind of knowing that that little thing that they did like made them feel good, or yeah. just and it goes a long way. Just it, and it could be like later on that day, like maybe they didn't say thank you, but later on that day, like as they're driving, maybe they have that point of clarity. Yeah. Like, fuck. And then the next day they do, do it or something. And yeah. like, you know, I was talking to Hannah and Jared out there, like all the stuff they went through right before the meet, mm-hmm. and. They just had to really rush and put things together like a month out, and meets are hard to put on. Like you plan a whole year and advance yeah. to do those things, and then imagine just people coming in and and nobody's cheering, nobody's supporting, nobody's saying thank you to not even you putting it on or like they're leaving stuff all over the floor, just like having that decency mm-hmm. all the way around. And I feel like um, that's really really hard. Like people, even if they show up to meets and they're cheering, yelling, they leave it trash, or they don't appreciate the people putting it on or their or their environment. And I feel like that's a bless you. A big thing you know yeah so. i mean to go back to what you were saying about the community i'm i'm very new to southwest I've only been here for about a year and i put my head down and started working and then i slowly started getting introduced to this community with brandon and john carlos Jared, yeah. all these people that i never talked to and just being around all this knowledge and now it's spreading through instagram yeah. towards y'all's gym you shoemaker yeah. ashworth all those people that i now know i can go Dinky to voice. yeah <laughs> and i now know i can go to and look yeah. at these people as and, role and models you want to be able to know that you yeah. can always go and have those people to talk to and that's one thing like me as a coach like i don't i know some of the best athletes in the world and even some of the ones that aren't the best athletes in the world they are so knowledgeable and mm-hmm. I will always be the first one. If I don't know something, I'm going to reach out yeah. and I harp on that because you can always, always learn. So I love Marilyn. I was so glad you guys had her because I will go up there. It doesn't matter what I'm doing up there. I learn something all mm-hmm. the freaking time. And she is always so willing to teach and learn. And I love that. And I love that we're getting more of that as we spread out through other gyms and stuff. Yeah. And that it's like, I always say I have two home gyms, like brew house always and forever. My number one home. And the bodyworks gym that I'm at now in Stillwater, I don't know if you guys have ever been, they have one of the best meets I've ever seen. Like they have like, you know, you have the separate rooms here for the meet. Yeah. Well, in our warm-up area, they have like TVs everywhere to keep track of when you're lifting and stuff. And so it's really, really nice. And, you know, we have multiple like comp racks and deadlift platforms. Like it's very beneficial to all level of athletes. And um, just the environment there, like when I was in the hospital, they're checking on me, the people I met there. And people who don't know me, especially at that gym, I'm obviously – the alpha like i'm stronger than pretty much all the guys like there's a couple guys that you know can outlift me um that are power lifters but it's me mm-hmm. and like you have even the older men that have been working out for years like they come to me for advice and it took a long time to get there because i look so scary or i have shades on i'm looking heavy i'm yelling i'm peeing like whatever it is <laughs> and like and now it's to the point where people are comfortable talking to you and asking and then i introduce them to more people and it's like oh i'm talking to so and so i'm like who and then they show me and i'm like how do you even know them like they live three hours away mm-hmm, but, yeah. and then you just realize like from knowing somebody from knowing somebody, like all these people are coming together and you're learning knowledge and like and I just think that that's so great that it's like, it doesn't matter what sport you do. Like it's still a community, whether yeah. you're lifting, whether you're a coach and like some of the people that I've been coached by people who will never outlift me a day in their life. 
and they're going to be more knowledgeable than the people who are learners. Mm -hmm. And that's like one thing I like to harp on people too. Like when you're finding a coach, when you're getting into a sport, don't look at their accomplishments. Look at who they are as a people and what they know and how honest they are. And that's why I'm like, if I don't know, let me call somebody. Like, look at this person, like, look at that person, like, always have a, a large variety of knowledge from multiple people, because it doesn't matter how good you are on the platform. It doesn't mean that you're a good coach or that you know a lot. Like, some people just perform well. Right. And I feel like that's something big to teach people and to learn is that don't just get stuck in one way and learning one thing or with one person. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Marilyn's name earlier. She actually sent in a question. She wants to know, uh, what's your funniest cowboy story? Oh, my gosh. Um... I don't know. I don't even know that any of them are funny. Your face got kind of red, though. I'm like, because I, I get, I am an idiot, okay? Okay. There's been multiple times, like, Brian, Brian had a blind, uh, a blind uh, cow one day, and he's like, we're trying to get her down the alleyway, and he's like, just push her, you know, she, she can't see, she can't hit you, whatever. And he's just like, move out of the way. Jump on the fence. Did I jump on the fence? No. Did she step on my foot? Was I bleeding mm. and pinning against fence? Mm. Yes. And it's like, it doesn't sound that funny, but if like you're in the moment and you see it, it's just like, you're an idiot. No, you can avoid <laughs> I grew that. Up, so didn't grow up raising cows, but yeah. I grew up, I had, I think it was like 13 or 15 head of like Suffolk sheep, mm-hmm. Suffolk sheep. And I had a bunch of, and I think I had eight head of like boar goats. Mm-hmm. Not as big, but like pain in the ass, real fucking pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. So yeah. like I remember like joking around just even with the rope, just joking around. We already put out put out the alfalfa and everything. And I remember I had the rope and like one of the billy goes by and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just toss the rope. Yeah. Sure enough, just happened to toss around his corners. I probably took like three, no, probably took like two steps from like here to the door. And then he drugged <laughs> me another ten feet. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so just something stupid as that. Like, yeah, wow. I mean I have a lot of stupid moments. I don't do I, I don't really have any funny moments. It takes a long time for them to be funny because most of the time you're injured or hurt. But yeah. I will say that uh, one of one of my most idiotic moments, you know, being a powerlifter, it really goes over, what, two years ago, we were working cows at your dad's when Hope flipped on me. And I was being a numb nuts. Like, I should have stepped off. And they're like, oh, she's got it. She's fine. Like, they saw me, like, she's kind of crow hopping on me, like, rearing up. We're about to flip over. And they're like, oh, she's stepping off. Oh, she's not fucking stepping off. She flips over on me. What do I do? I try to leg press her. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. Like, I try to leg press off this big-ass horse. And it was right before, I think, my first rap came. And I'll never forget, like, I go in and I can't walk. Like, I don't know if I hurt, like, my quad, my hip flexor. I can't walk. I still did the meet. But I'll never get over that moment because I'm just like, yeah, I can leg press it off. I'm strong. <laughs> no, I'm not that strong to leg press a horse. Maybe one day. But I will say leg press is the one movement I don't do in the gym. Only, I guess, only when I'm cowboying. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm an idiot. You got to text your coach and be like, take leg press off. Bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding you. I, I do. What I R- will not do leg press. Yeah. What RPE was it? The horse. Oh, 142. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Numb nuts. That, um, yeah. I got a question for Brian, actually. So, Brian, you know, what about what about guys who do date females that are, like, so strong, like, like such a strong presence in the gym? Some guys that are, like, you're very calm, cool, and collected from what I can understand. Yeah. You got any advice for, like, the other guys who are, like, attempting to, to possibly date like an A1 personality, or as Shelby even said, she is the alpha of the gym. What would you say to like other guys who like get intimidated about stuff like that? Uh, I don't know about, um, even like bullying, we talked about bullying in school and stuff like, I don't know about you, but me in school, I wasn't very popular, but I wasn't, you know, getting bullied per yeah. se. Um, I've always been confident, I guess, even like 
I'll tell her, like, you know, you're chubby, you're fat, yeah, but I'm the good-looking, chubby motherfucker. Like, yeah. that's how I, <laughs> I say, like, <laughs> I'll say I'll say stuff like that. So um, I think just in itself, be confident with you. So, I mean, like her dad yesterday, she, he's like, are you not scared that you're going to beat up? And I'm like, no, at the end of the day, like, not a lot of people know, but I've been shot twice. I've done, you know, been in situations like this car wreck right after the day. Like, no, just because she looks like that, it's not going to be, you know, or being pinned up with cattle or another thing. So I think my life experiences in general um, have helped me in being confident, especially with, like, women in general. And I also think, you know, the Mexican side of you, you have that. Goddamn right, dude. (laughs) There's there's something deep down inside you that's like, no matter what's happening, you're like, I got this shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, confidence. I think that's the number one. Don't, I mean... I tell her every day, I'm like, I give other guys confidence. That, hey, you can have a good looking chick, you know? Yeah. But it's awesome. And I'll brag on her because it's awesome to see, uh, uh, you know, she's performing well in, yeah. in this and she's also doing well in this. And she's talented in multiple areas, you know, from behind the camera, in the gym, outside the gym. Like, yeah. I'm very, very proud of how far she's come and what she's done. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing at first when she introduced me to the sport, I related it a lot to rodeo. Yeah. Because, man, bucking horses or team roping, you're behind the shoots and you're cheering the next guy on. Yeah. And rodeo, there you you're, compete. You compete against yourself. Uh, I used to, yes. Oh, okay. Not anymore. But you compete against yourself and the animal. And that's kind of like the powerlifting. Like you're, you're competing against yourself in more weight or less weight, whatever it may be. But then you have the next person next to you. And rodeo is exactly the same. And when yeah. I first came in, I seen that, you know, her being supportive was just like the people in rodeo supporting the guy next to you. And it's just kind of gone down from what I've seen these past two years that I would like to see again because my buddy's coming. I'm like, dude, it's just like going behind the shoots. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it's, that's kind of decreased in my viewpoint in this sport. But at first, that's what attracted me to the sport. Yeah, but, yeah even he notices that people just aren't you know, supporting But going back to your question, I think confidence is just one thing. And everyone's got something to be confident about, whether it's, yeah. you know, art or you name it you know it was just because like you know being in the gym setting we see a bunch of the guys that are like i want to date a girl that's in the gym i want to date a girl that's in the mm-hmm. gym and it's like maybe you don't have to date a girl yeah. that's in the gym sometimes yeah. you don't date that girl in the gym may not be who like you know she may have a horrible personality like mm-hmm. yeah. not who you, exactly you want amongst mm-hmm. your parents or your friends like the good luck saying that ain't all and yeah you know i would like to add to like yeah. that conversation like especially since we are not like like he says like he's not chubby he just has a beer belly so it's you know what i mean but like it's kind of power, like power belly yeah it's a power belly yeah. that's what we call it but <laughs> it's like, core right there man but like where he loves mountain biking and things like he yeah. has a lot of athletic tendencies he likes to like mma and boxing and like yeah. and that type of athleticism and so it's different than mine and i know a lot of people want to date somebody that they can go to the gym together and do things i'm the exact opposite we have so many things in cow- you know we cowboy together like you know we go and do fun things together whatever it is but like it's nice to share that because if he wants to go and hang out at the gym with me, he can. He understands what's going on. Like he shows up to my meets. Like he's supporting all those things, and like he's proud of that. And so, like I think that's something that you know is very beneficial if somebody's in a relationship like that. Just like being proud of them doing that. You don't have to have the same bot like um, hobbies. You don't have to like have a fitness body and like this that like all of you don't have to relate there. Like, and I know everybody wants to date somebody else that's in the gym and have that. That's my time for me. Mm-hmm. That's why he has his own time where he does his things, you know, like with his leather work or whatever it is. And like, you have to have your own things where you're, um, you know, like 
being you. And I feel like that's my thing. Like, I don't want to be in the gym with somebody and like we're competing or doing this or they're telling me what to do or having to share that time. Like if I want to leave or stay longer, I can. Yeah. And that's something that he's always been supportive of. And that's what I would say to give somebody, whether you're a guy or a girl, yeah. dating somebody that works out and you don't like being proud of them for doing that and understanding that you don't have to do that or be that person. We share so many other things. And that's, I think, the biggest thing. I will never date somebody in the gym, I think, ever. I've got um, a couple things to yeah. piggyback off. Uh, two points, actually. So my situation is the opposite. So I'm in the gym. My fiance doesn't lift. She's, yeah. she's a teacher. She's very involved. She's amazing at what she does. Um, but she struggles with that, mm-hmm. uh, me going to the gym and all that. But she, over the years, we've been together for about eight years now. Uh, she's realized that this is my time and she fully supports that. Mm-hmm. She starts sharing all my posts and everything. It's really cool to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. And once you become comfortable with who you are, who I am and who mm-hmm. she is, she understands that she can boost me up without bringing herself down. Yes, absolutely. And then another point, what uh, Brian said about confidence is one, once you figure out that I had a conversation with my, one of my employees yesterday, uh, once you figure out that internal confidence and you can figure out your mental environment, how to control that anything can happen to you physically. Yeah. It's like a superpower. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's really cool. And a lot of people don't get that. They never get to that point. I haven't been through what Brian has been, but I've had my own stuff. And yeah. that it just kind of triggered to me one day. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that well enough. Yeah, but yeah absolutely. I was actually kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, that was the most intellectual thing. This sounds really bad. That's the most intellectual thing. I keep it. As you were saying that, I was like, God damn, Chandler fucking preach, son. I just testifying this morning, man. That's it. Yeah, no, and I think it's just because I think in our group and the amount of people that were around, a lot of people who we see are couples are couples that yeah. gym together, mm-hmm. have something to do in mm-hmm. the industry together. But like, I think you guys are the first ones that I've like actually sat down and mm-hmm. talked to like yeah. in depth and like, it's like, you guys are fairly opposite, but yeah. like in the best way. Yeah. So unless you see me outside the gym and you see us the matching cowboy hats, you're like, damn, like they're two feet. No, 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 no. I and see it's hard. And I know that sitting on the same side hard, of the booth. But, and it kind of goes back to, ultimately just supporting each other's dreams yeah and he this is what i love to do is it his favorite thing though because mm-hmm. the fitness world can be so sexualized mm-hmm. and he understands the way that men can look at me or people can judge me based off of that and but he also loves the role model that i am for other women who want to be in that role or even guys mm-hmm. like some of my biggest supporters and people that look up to me are younger guys yeah. and um and and it's just you know having that confidence in who they are as a person and loving what they do and that's something that he and I have talked about. And we've had people like, well, doesn't it ever bother you that she's so big or so muscular? And it's like, yeah, but have you seen her fucking personality? Like, mm-hmm. have you seen the way she treats me? So it's like, it kind of goes back to like all of those things and what makes somebody a person. And it's like, maybe even if you don't always enjoy one thing that they do, who is fucking perfect? Like, right. are you ever going to meet somebody that's perfect? And have every, you love every single thing about them? No. And it's not that he doesn't love that I do it. It's just not something that he can relate to or be a part of. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that is who I am. And that's what he loves about me. And um, and he's invested so much in that too, and I think that that's great that he gives back into the things that I love, and it's made it that, that much easier. It's like that nice. You guys it seems like you guys have kind of sort of found that nice give and take mm-hmm. and whatnot. So yeah, I, I think that's really and I take. <laughs> Was that a pegging joke? Yes. Nice. I'm glad somebody gets it. Fuck, man! It's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. Yeah, well. You just kind of threw that, off that, everything that I was gonna. Well, that that's a uh, that's Colton's favorite one too. What pegging? Yes, I could see that. Yeah, I could see I'm that. In that all the time. The, the for sure. 
God damn. Yeah. God, I wish I could be like her one day. She's a stud, man. Oh I get God, so happy yeah. when I see Jackie. Yeah, I hope that she knows that I'm the one that told Matt that my biggest pet peeve is that when she's stronger than me in the gym. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was—he looked like such a little shit when he was putting that calibrated plate on the SSB my bar. God. <laughs> God, dude. I Listen, have- the SSB or the uh, calibrated plate conversation lately has really bothered me because <laughs> I, I'm at the gym. I would yell at people. Like, I see little kids younger like we have a bunch of like middle schoolers and high schoolers that come in and i'm all about people coming especially high schoolers coming in the gym yeah. but not juice bags and right. i had to literally cuss kids out because they're i have a guy who you know he's um, like african yeah. and um he does not speak english very well and had he not you know I, I hate the racial things but had he been white they wouldn't have treated him like that like they were gonna throw his bag across the floor they're trying really? to do his squat rack in the middle of him squatting, they're like putting weights on his squat rack when there's a million other plates, you know. And so I'm just like, I'm not for it. Yeah. Um, or, or when they leave stuff laying around and leave it dirty. I don't if you, you guys have never been to my gym, but they sweep and mop every hour. Yeah. Like they're Damn. constantly, they get on their hands and knees and clean the equipment. Like they keep it clean. So it really bothers me for them to disrespect it so much. And so I make sure to make comments all the time. And I'm just like, I can't see them putting plates on backwards. I'm like, you put them on a certain way. You don't put it on backwards. The first one faces in, the first one faces in, and the rest face out, or they're all face out, or they're all face in. You can't do that, you know? And I'm like, uh, that. so that conversation, I, I'm glad that he did that. And I love that they asked. I miss being at Brewhouse so much because I feel like I'm kind of out of the loop with all the new people, whatever. Um, I miss all my friends, but I love seeing like those little comments and questions they do online. I love seeing those jokes back and forth because it's like real gym stuff that people don't even realize goes on. But it's like I know. inside jokes daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I it's like putting calibrated plates on the sled. Don't do that. Why? Like, what's the point? I did it the other day, man. I'll be honest with you. Hey, they were right next to each other. I, it's like, which I don't know. You guys probably don't do it with Olympic weightlifting. I don't know, but when you have like a bumper plate and then like three oh, steel yeah, plates, uh-huh. why? Yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Three bumper plates and three steel plates? No, yeah. like, plate yeah, and then like, steel plates? No, no, no. Why? No. Why do people do that? Uh, anyway, well, Shelby, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I'm so grateful you guys had yeah. me. What are, where do we find you at? Um, you can find me at fit underscore hick underscore. Um, I also have my powerlifting meet day media. Um, you can follow my cowboy stuff at Dragon SH Co. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm on it, man. If you want to see cowboy life, come on over. I'll be down right. to give it to you. There you go. Chandler, where do we find you at? Uh, Chandler underscore Blake. And we didn't have Jared here, but we got Jared at Jared Bratcher. And you got Daddy Bear Lostos at That Paralyzed Guy on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you, guys. Hey, and if you guys ever need any other. All right, so you were talking about his leather stuff. Yeah, so um, if you want to follow Brian online, it's B Broken R Custom Leather Goods, Cowboy Needs, whatever it is. Like, hit him up, look at his stuff. Um, some really cool things on there and we're gonna I think get into doing leather lifting straps custom so that'll be pretty cool too um what's her name uh Carlin Carlin I was gonna ask you this earlier we were talking about her uh she said in terms of like gear with like gear you're referring to like knee sleeves wraps belts and whatnot she was like what do you use so um I like what brand or just what's equipment uh so i really have been into the elite fds equipment lately um i always use wrist wraps on everything i think it helps keep a neutral wrist um uh, especially somebody who gets older like me or starts putting more weight overloading uh, my arthritis i use wrist wraps on squat and bench every time 
Um, when I'm doing heavy volume, I do elbow sleeves mm -hmm. um, from Strong. I just think that it's nice to keep things warmed up and oiled. Um, I warm up with sleeves all the time. It, the moment I walk into the gym, I put them on. Um, I know a lot of people like to do light warm-ups without them, but once you start sweating, it's hard to get them on if you have a good yeah, bear. Um, and then I use wraps. Um, I use a belt for squat, bench, and deadlift. Okay. Um, I, really, I really think it helps to learn how to brace. Um, I think it helps me learn to arch with my upper body a little bit more instead of my lumbar, and it really helps me push out and brace a lot better, which I think um, is something a lot of people need to learn the difference into between bracing and breathing. Good. Good. Uh, she was talking about she had like two or three questions so yeah. i was like i'll make yeah. sure i ask her yeah uh she was talking about like when the weight starts getting heavier yeah. like as the numbers rise how do you mentally prepare and do you ever get scared when you see like certain amount of percentages or certain weight on there because every now and again some lifters will have like a dreaded certain amount of kilos when it comes to bench press and it seems like when they hit bench press and they see that number come up they're like i know i'm only gonna fail i'm gonna fail this yeah so um i get scared almost every day i'm in the gym it i don't have a set number because every day is different for me mentally mm -hmm. um and sometimes you know when i can walk into the bench or the gym and bench 135 any day of the week most of the time 185 now but like there are days that i'm still like holy crap like what if it hurts like what if i don't do well and especially on lighter numbers is when it scares me more to struggle yeah. um because i know that as you get heavier those numbers come and go um but i literally like sometimes i'm not mentally prepared i really just struggle in like telling myself like i know it sounds great don't be a fucking pussy like that's yeah. literally my mantra don't be a bitch yeah and i literally will ask people in gym sometimes to have to come and watch me because even if they're not spotting and loading me that little bit of a these people are watching me i have to push and that's perform. why i record everything yeah. because somebody's gonna see it and obviously people fail but if i'm recording it then i'm like you have to succeed like somebody out there is gonna watch it so push a little bit harder and i don't know if that's egotistical or whatever but um, I don't think you can ever fully mentally prepare. You just have to have that mindset. Like you got to push through. Right. And most of the time for me personally, I feel like if you fail a lift nine times out of 10, it's mental. And yeah. you just have to tell yourself like to push past the grind. You have to push past the grind and realize like you can do this. Like, and it's, uh, it's hard to do and you have to train your mental almost as just as hard as your physical. Yeah. Good. And then what about your like future powerlifting plans? Like what do you got going on with your what's what do you see your future plans for powerlifting? This is from Cameron. Uh Cameron, oh his it's like C kills. Oh my client, yeah. yeah. Oh kill gallon. Yeah. Uh so this year my goal is a five hundred squat. Okay. Um, that's my ultimate goal this year. I don't set long-term goals mm -hmm. um, because life happens, and yeah. I'm and um, I'm you know I can't I can't see myself setting those type of long-term goals. I would like to continue to stay in the number one spot for Oklahoma this year. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to break a five twenty dots. Um, other than that, like powerlifting wise, is really to help grow the sport this year, um, and uh, I would like to. Break in 1100 raw total. There you go. What's your inspiration for being that? And you probably already hit it, but mm -hmm. I know Richie for sure. He was asking, he was like, what's your inspiration for all this stuff? Like he's, he was like, I've, I've noticed how much you have been putting back out to the sport. Like what's your inspiration behind that? Is that just cause you don't want to see the sport die down or is it, do you have a little bit more motivation behind that? I mean, I don't want the sport to die down. I might cry talking about it, but you know, um, I was a drug addict for a long time and, um, when my son was abused after I had been sober for a few years, I went to rehab for my mental health. 
And when I was in rehab, a guy was working out instead of taking a bunch of pills. I was a zombie. I was on 15 pills a day to help with my mental health. Mm -hmm. And just seeing him in there and how much it helped him, I got into fitness when I got out. And my friend Albie, rest in peace, um, found me online and I wanted to do bodybuilding. I thought Paige, like Hathaway, was like the coolest lady on earth. Yeah. And he was like, hey, do you want to stop being a pussy and come be a power lifter? <laughs> and it saved my life. Yeah. And that's um, it got me into having better friends and better communities. And the, and the owners, Matt and Megan of Brewhouse, um, always supported me. I was in a long battle with my son and getting custody back. And if I hadn't had my gym friends and my gym community, I would have failed. Yeah. And it's not, and most of it is powerlifting. And I, losing him was really hard for me. And so I continue to push on because so many people have seen things in me and I failed to live up to that potential. And now I have the opportunity to live up to that potential for things that people saw in me. Yeah. And I want to continue to do that. And I know that there are a lot of people in powerlifting that struggle with mental health issues yeah. that sometimes lose their battle. And so I joked around with one of the guys that's in there working out. I was like, hey, like Sunday crew, I was like, that's a serious crew that works out. But I was like, more often than not, if somebody's up here working out before 10 a.m. on a Sunday, yeah, they have some yeah. shit going on. Yeah. And like, and, and like, yeah, I said it jokingly, but like at the same time, like I know that crew that trains on Sunday mornings. And like, that's a very sun, that's yeah. a very serious yeah. crew it that is. lifts. It is. And it just, for me, I, I have those people to reach out to, to talk to like yeah. Colton. Yeah. He's my coach, but he's one of my best friends. And yeah. like, um, being able to reach out to those people and talk, it's not about just gym stuff, but they can also understand how much it means to be able to go in the gym and relieve that stress or to talk to those people who can relate. And I'm not going to say that everybody in powerlifting has mental health issues, but like a lot of people who get into it, they want that relief and something has happened, whether it's a mental health issue or something in their life to yeah. find power. Yeah. And I want people to find power and to push and, you know, I don't want to lose somebody else to mental health issues because they couldn't reach out. And um, I feel like finding an outlet and something that I can relate to um, is easier for me to help. Some of my softball girls, uh, I went to go watch them play in Chickasha a couple weeks back and like their mom was telling me, they were like, this game is the business aspect of it. They were like, but what you guys have done to aid onto it, they're like, you guys have given them a whole new outlet yeah. for, for, for life. You know, they yeah. mentioned, you know, you know, everybody kind of deals sad into sadness and depression here and there. And yeah. unfortunately, I think that's a little bit more common with females and whatnot. And so, and the fact that these girls come in here now and like, you see them like not afraid. They're like, they'll, they'll straight up move these big baseball boys like out and off the platform. Like, no, this is my yeah. time to do X, Y, and Z. If you're fucking around, yeah. you need to go move around. And the fact that like, yeah, we did see them come in here and be like, so like kind of shadowed. And now they're like yeah. these big, strong personalities. Like, I, I yeah. love that. I think, I think too, though, like with women being supportive, um, not that men, I think men have just as much like drama issues with not being supportive. I don't think they're as vocal about it just because there are more men in sports. But I think for me, like growing this too, is like for women to have people to connect with, like whether they're competitors or not. I mean, look at all the girls that I talk to that don't compete, that support me, like sending in, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I push so much too, to have those friendships because um, you, you feel like people, like as you start looking fitter or getting stronger, that people look down on you and having those friends that you can relate to in that aspect. Um, and I think that's one of the main reasons why, like it, I, I just don't want anybody to ever be alone. And I haven't met a better family than the people that can relate to me in and out of the gym. Yeah. Um, the, you remember earlier I had mentioned like one of my friends, like anytime I start talking about anything medical, she's like, how the fuck do you know all this? Like you're pretty yeah. smart. Uh, you know, I had mentioned, you know, going to go watch, uh, driving down to Texas to watch one of our guys compete. He's not, he's not my client. He's just one yeah. of the gym bros. But like, there's been so many times late at night when it's just been me and him just working out. And it's like, 
I felt like I owed it to him to go yeah. and watch. And plus, like, hey, he's in the military. He doesn't have any family here yeah. either. So it's like, yo, like, if you and yeah. me are here almost every night working out, why wouldn't I take that time and go? Yeah. So, I don't know, just things like that. And then whenever I was telling her about that, she was like, you guys are really supportive of each other. And it's like, well, like, you do find yourself a good group. Like, me personally, when I got hooked up with Jared and all those guys, like, I was only, like, maybe a year or two years post-accident uh, whenever I first become paralyzed. And so we didn't even have the ramp out here. Somebody would grab the front of the chair. Somebody would grab the back of my chair and we would go up. And so, and like, you know, I just, I just, I was like a stray dog that just kept coming back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. now we got a ramp out there, but it's like, you know, little things like that. You never know, like, yeah, not even what, cheering, yeah what cheering and whatnot is going to go. And even now that like, I, now that I'm a coach there and like, I can't fucking picture on the wall. I'm like, yeah. not that that means anything, well, but every even now and being again. being here for that guy to say hi to every night, but like, even if you guys don't hang out and you guys become best friends, yeah. like, that's something he looks forward to seeing like a friendly face. Yeah. And even then, aside from him, there's been other people, like, I don't know about you, like, let's say, like, as you're leaving the gym, you said that you were leaving the gym, but you were there 30 minutes longer than you said you were going to be because you went to go give somebody a fist bump, and they yeah. said they're unloading everything that was that happened in their day on yeah. you, and you just happened to be the only person that heard him out that day. Yeah. And, like, and that could be a life, and that could be a, a, literally a life and death situation there, yeah. so, because, like, I don't know, just every now and again, you can see when people are talking to you, and it's like, yeah, but he heard you out today, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, just little things like that. And I don't think everybody understands that. So, yeah, just... no, I think it's definitely important. And I I think that goes kind of in all aspects of whatever hobbies you do being being that way, not even just necessarily in sports. Uh, last question. Um, I mean, you probably have multiple lessons that maybe powerlifting has taught you, but do you have maybe one or two that have for sure really stood out more than others? Um, that honestly, it's... it's I don't know if there's obviously like a cliche, like you get knocked down seven times, you stand up eight, that yeah. it's like, you keep trying. Yeah. Um, and there's always bigger and better things and there's always something that you can learn. And that was one thing that powerlifting really taught me was to continue to have drive and purpose, not to be motivated. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing that powerlifting taught me was that motivation does not exist. There, you're you're not always gonna be motivated. No, hell no. You just, it has to be strict discipline and knowing that it's for a reason and i think that's one of the biggest things that i could ever tell somebody or say that i've ever learned is that motivation does not always exist it's not always there that's and when, it's not a constant that's that discipline that you've like yes. really put in time over and over again it's like yeah it's it, it really just is a work ethic that you have to create and you can't just show up to the gym and just have a bad workout and think oh a bad workout's better than no workout like that's a horrible mentality and that's one thing i've learned because your ultimate goals you okay you're having a bad day at work and i feel like cussing my boss out today cool that felt good in the moment but having a bad day at work it's not going to be beneficial to you tomorrow if you don't have a job you already cussed, yeah you already thing. cussed so out that like person you're shit on that rest like mentally like decompressing and learning to rest and take a break that has been i mean I've, that's a huge lesson for me to learn yeah and i have to take a lot of those things that i learned in my powerlifting training into my real life bro you dropped a lot of knowledge on us today hung out with number one and yeah. you took your sunglasses off halfway through oh so. no 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 put it back on and well, i can't see me i had her for 12 minutes without him so <laughs> did enough did enough anyway well thank you guys again both you guys brian thank shelby you so much so Thank you.